0: FM.
1: Supported
0: by Southern Co-op.
1: We are passionately Pompey. Look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you uh, full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge
2: football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing
3: forward and making
1: Portsmouth a real force.
3: Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. Oh,
0: this is the
3: Football Hour.
0: The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base
4: that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. It was so nearly a case of the same old story for Pompey on Tuesday night
0: and Williams has misjudged and it's Hardy against Bizzunu again and Hardy goes round him and scores for Plymouth. It's Torses 1, Plymouth 2. Until of all people inside
4: the six yard box Sean Raggett popped up right at the depth to snatch a point from the hands
0: of Plymouth Argyle. And it's a good cross to the far post Harrison's header loose in the net equaliser Sean Raggett the centre sure Forsworth will get the point they deserve.
4: That was the first league point the Blues had picked up for exactly a month. Later on we'll hear Danny Cowley's thoughts on the midweek stalemate.
1: The performance was far from perfect but I thought the effort and the attitude and the application was excellent and with the amount of effort and energy that we put in the game a point was the least we deserved.
4: The Gaffer will also be previewing tomorrow's trip to Charlton as will we. Tonight I'm joined by two more Pompey fans to talk through the latest news out of Fratton Park as well as to face the questions coming in from back home too so get in touch with us you know the drill by now we're live across the great waterfront city until 7 o'clock this evening and without any further ado let's dive straight in you're listening to Express FM a very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour
0: this is the Football Hour 93.7 express fm
4: welcome to another installment of the football Hour here on express fm where tonight we've got full reaction to tuesday night's clash with the pilgrims at fratton park as well as a look forward to tomorrow's trip to the capital as always pompey fans we're eager to hear the thoughts of you back home this evening whether it's a, a comment from the performance in midweek or a prediction for tomorrow's match do not hesitate to get in touch express is the word to put at the start of your text messages send those to 81400 you can email email into Pompey at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter, or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. But before we get into any of those, and before I introduce tonight's panel, we're going to take you back to Tuesday evening. PO4 opened its gates for the second time in as little as four days to welcome high-flying Plymouth Argyle for the rearranged League One fixture originally scheduled for September the 6th. That was postponed due to international call-ups. It was a chance for the Blues to bounce back from Saturday's shock defeat to Cambridge United, a chance to repay the faith shown in the team by the loud, proud Pompey fans let down by a string of lacklustre performers. That says Andy Moon and Guy Whitigam with your
0: commentary team at Fratton Park. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal. Every second of the action is right here. Chilton scores. Ninety minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He's gone. This
3: is. You want to
0: believe it. Pompey live. Back under the lights and back at Fratton Park and really trying to put the shambles of Saturday both on and off the pitch behind Pompey. Or ball looks to get Romeo into the penalty area. He goes down outside the box and the free kick comes Portsmouth Way. Curtis is really deliberately lining up his run-up. There's five in the Plymouth wall. Curtis comes up. Brown hits it and into the net. Lee Brown under the wall. His second goal of the season. Incredible scoring record under Danny Cowley continues. He's put Pompey ahead inside five minutes. Fourth one, Plymouth nil. Morrell, the Welsh international, spreading play. It's a nice ball to Romeo on this right-hand side, level with the penalty area. He's looking to try and break into the box to the dead ball line. Pulls it back to the near post. Loose in the area, Tullercliff! And it's tipped just wide by Cooper. Excellent save from the Plymouth stopper. Pompey fans thinking it was 2-0 because sends it high and deep and Danny Cowley was correct that if he sent it long that would be the final action of the first 45 minutes because the referee's whistle has gone I would say deserving the 1-0 half-time lead as Portsmouth pick it up and Marquis could drive in the area Marquis to shoot hits a defender in the six-yard box still alive drilled back across goal behind and Portsmouth have got themselves a corner kick. They lead 1-0. Freeman oh, watches the long ball. That wasn't the best. And Hardy has thrown goal for Plymouth. It's only Bazunu to beat. Hardy against Bazunu. And it's scored by Hardy. He chips it over Bazunu. just when it looked like Freeman might have got back to make a challenge. And in the fourth minute of the second half, Plymouth are level. Portsmouth won. Plymouth 1. That's a poor ball from Broom. Morel can't gather it though. And Camara breaks into the box. A lovely run from Camara. Danger here. Massive danger for Pompey. And a wonderful covering challenge. Still not clear. Loose in the six-yard box. And Pompey will get it behind for a Plymouth corner. And it's still 1-1. Away from Camara. Harness into the far post for Curtis. Back across. Goal, Marquis. With... Wide. How did that not go in? It's still 1-1. Camara has won it and set Ryan Hardy away and Williams has misjudged and it's Hardy against Bazunu again and Hardy goes round him and scores for Plymouth Ryan Hardy with a second and twice Portsmouth have somehow bound themselves short at the back it's Portsmouth one Plymouth two looking down that left-hand side Curtis is finding his way to the dead ball and it's a good cross to the far post Harrison's header loose in the net Equalizer, Sean Rabbit! From two yards out, the centre-back converts and ensures Portsmouth will get the point they deserve. Harrison's knocked down, Rabbit's finished. Portsmouth two, Plymouth two. Every second of the action is right here. This is 93.7 Express FM,
4: Pompey Live. The highlights there from Tuesday night as Pompey claimed a point against Plymouth Argyle, a two all draw at Thratton Park, sharing the spoils between the two teams. And there were two other fixtures in League One on Tuesday evening. Crew Alexandra were defeated by three goals to one by Morecambe at Grestley Road, and Gillingham uh, were held by by uh, Charlton Athletic, uh, one all. At Priestfield. And I say held by Charlton Athletic. Because Charlton at 21st and Gillingham are 19th. So that tells you that clearly Gillingham are the better team. Uh, heading into tomorrow's game. Pompey taking on Charlton Athletic. Of course, Charlton have had a really bad start to the season. But currently in the relegation zone. Just one win from the previous six matches. 21st place for them. A point on Tuesday night for Pompey. Put them back up into the top half of the table. They were 15th heading into kick-off. Now... 12th we'll get on to tomorrow's game a little later in the show we'll preview pompey's trip to the valley and we'll also hear the pre-match thoughts of danny cowley as well but first of all we're going to introduce my uh, my two guests for this evening's show and first of all i'd like to welcome into the studio for tonight's show sam carter sam very good evening to you thank you jake it's so good to be back it is good to be back it is good to be back great to see guests back in the studio and at some point hopefully we'll get two in the studio with us uh, but uh currently over the phone lines is barry clements also joining us to review the events of tuesday night and of course preview tomorrow's game too barry thank you for joining us
2: no problem appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on even though you didn't want me in the studio today shocking.
4: <laughs> it's just, <sighs> I just drew a short straw on this occasion barry but uh we'll get you in next time definitely that is the, the rule of thumb at the moment if you're not in the studio for, uh, for for one show you will definitely be in for the next one but um, but look, look, moving on and, and talking about Tuesday night Sam I, I'm going to be honest I'm going to need you to run me through what happened on Tuesday night because I wasn't there so so this is essentially what, what happened Pompey 2 all draw with Plymouth Argyle we took the lead at, at half time 2-1 down 95th minute equaliser
5: were Pompey deservant of a point um to be honest, yeah, I think you look at the game and where we scored a free kick in the first for the first goal. They scored pretty much through two of our own mistakes, and then a last minute kind of equaliser from Raggett. I mean, it was a draw, or a fair result. I, I would say yes. I, I don't think either team looked really the most dominant. Um, both teams enjoyed spells throughout the game where they were controlling things. So, yeah, I'd say a a draw was a fair result on the grand scheme of things.
3: Uh,
4: In terms of the the performance as well, Barry, of course, it came off the back of a 2-1 defeat to Cambridge United the the, the previous weekend. The performance on Tuesday night from Pompey, did you see a lot more fight and desire to actually go out and get a result? or, Or was it just, were we lucky?
2: No I do think um I do think the the two performances um you the they were completely different. I mean Cambridge was just a very very poor day for everyone involved, whereas I think the Plymouth game we definitely deserved at least a point. I do think we were the better side, but it was crucial that we did come away with at least a point and uh, yeah regardless of of how that happened, but I think it was just individual mistakes that cost us in the end of the day freeman's goal uh, freeman's error for their first goal. Um, and obviously, Marquis unable to find the back of the mm. net. And then again, Williams misjudging for the second. But I do think we were the better side. And and even uh, my mate Smith, who's a Plymouth fan, he was in the away end. And even he said we uh, we were the better side on the night.
4: Yeah. Let, let's start all the way back from you know the start of the match. And Sam, the, the important thing from a Blues perspective was to start the game with the same kind of intensity and pressure that we expected to end the game and, and really start as we mean to go on and and we got the perfect start on the sixth minute a free kick awarded outside just just outside the Plymouth box in front of the Milton end in front of 800 of uh, supporting Plymouth fans which is by the way a fantastic number for a, for a midweek fixture such a, a long journey across the south coast too but the sixth minute Pompey they took the lead and through quite an, an unlikely source
5: yeah um i Lee Brown certainly got some goal scoring boots this season, which is lovely to see. Um, obviously he's playing in a in a more advanced role, which to be honest, I think a lot maybe a few of us might have questioned before the season. Um, but yeah, he, he, he popped up with that free kick, which he, he he can do. He's got in his locker, um, which is was it's just the perfect start and I think we we then did settle quite well after the goal. Um we we set we had a good shape for it with obviously um three at the back. Um and then, yeah, like it like we said earlier it was just individual mistakes which unfortunately led to Plymouth getting back in the game but we, we did make a good start
4: you talk about Lee Brown as well Barry <laughs> quite an unlikely source for, for a goal but in terms of three kicks in that kind of position under the wall we, we saw his first Pompey goal came from the exact kind of position it was a game uh, I believe at Front Park against Bristol Rovers it's a free kick and really similar under the wall fantastic technique and it's certainly something that Lee Brown's got in his locker
2: Absolutely and I mean you say you say an unlikely scorer but he's currently our top scorer this season so I mean it yeah. can't be uh, it can't be too bad for him at the moment but yeah I mean it's, it's good to see that his, his goal scoring's improved since since Cowleys have come in and um, yeah I mean long may it continue I thought he looked I thought he looked more comfortable mm. at, uh, at wing back yesterday uh, um, on Tuesday night to
4: yeah. be honest uh, Dave Byrne on the email says uh, Evening all I haven't seen all of the matches this season but from what I have seen surely Joe Morrell has to play he's described as defensively minded but he seems to be the most positive and forward thinking of our midfield as for formations if we if we ran uh all of our best players on the pitch at the same time it probably would be nearer to a three five two uh the one with the back four but with clark robertson in there instead dave uh from Lis on the emails and that was probably one of the most inter- interesting things about tuesday night Sam was the change in personnel in the team, um, and really the change in the setup from Pompey. Three at the back, wing backs introduced. A, a bold move from Danny Carly. D- did it work? Um, look, I, I don't. Do you know <laughs> what we, we spoke about uh, this before the show? Actually, and you've you've got some uh, contrasting opinions to what we've seen on social media, Sam.
5: I'm not a biggest fan of it. I think. We, Like I said, we settled well after the goal, and I think that is exactly what a back three slash back five, however you want to say it, can do. Um, it, it allows you to maybe hold possession a bit more, be more secure on the ball. But when when we obviously made these mistakes and were 2-1 down, it was a bit frustrating to not see us change things, because obviously you've got three centre-halves, um you saw Marcus Harness playing with a bit of a free role in behind Curtis and Marquis, um, which I don't think worked too well. He was a bit, a bit not really in the thick of things, which you kind of need when someone's in a free role. And you had Freeman playing right centre half, which. On paper I thought was going to be amazing especially when you start seeing um, Romeo was cutting inside a lot and he Freeman should have been overlapping but he didn't and there was nothing going down the right all game um, Curtis obviously a left sided player playing up front was always on the left Marquis likes to get the ball deep and that was on the left we just kind of made it very easy for Plymouth by focusing everything down the left and being in the north stand for the second half i didn't see much until the last ten minutes when Romeo did start attacking down the right. So I think there's 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 nooks and crannies to kind of work on there and 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 it can work. And I think if we start practicing with that system, I think there is potential there. But. I wasn't too happy with it on Tuesday.
4: Barry, your, your thoughts on, on the uh, the three five two formation on Tuesday night. Did did you think worked? were you impressed? Were you pleased with the the potential that you saw in this team? You know, Sam mentions there about how perhaps you know Kieran Freeman not overlapping as much as he'd hoped, you know, Marlon Romeo fitting in, in that that central midfield position, Marcus Harness being given that freedom in behind the striker, and perhaps not playing on the right hand side as much as he perhaps should have done do you think differently did you see a different pompey to what maybe others did on on tuesday night
2: yeah no i can i definitely see where sam's coming from I, i personally i think the system is right i think the personnel aren't quite used to it yet perhaps i think he's 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 bang on with freeman not overlapping enough and and harness maybe needing a bit more a bit more space out on the right instead but um i do think the formation suited us particularly with um Particularly without Clark Robertson in the side, I think um, having that three at the back just allows us to be a bit more calm defensively, which I think without Clark in the side is is crucial because he brings that to us. But I think overall, I think the system, I think the system suited us. I think it allowed us to press very well. Um, I think it suited, um, I think it suited quite a few of the players. But I do agree that down the right hand side. Um, I think perhaps the personnel there need to get a little bit more used to it and we need Freeman to be to be roaming a bit more. I'm not really sure if I'll break Romeo in the middle there. I think perhaps he needs to he needs to be in Freeman's role. Um, and see what we can do in the in the middle there. But yeah, as I say, I think it comes down more more so to personnel than it does to the to the system itself. Mm.
4: And before we do move on into our, our first ad break of the evening, and before we do move on to talk any more about Pompey, Sam, just want to highlight one of the one of the best moments from from Tuesday night, and that came in the the tenth minute when when everyone inside Fratton Park, the the supporters, the officials, and the players of both sides, you know, the, the refereeing officials too. All came together in unison to, to for, for a minute 's applause uh, in memory of young Sophie Farrell, who unfortunately lost her life uh, around about this time last week to, to cancer a uh, really 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 sad story um, hitting home for a lot of people in portsmouth and just a fantastic way to remember sophie it on really night. was
5: obviously such a such a tragic story, but um if there 's one way that we re- that Pompey really could have shown like the her the support for her it, that it was that it was it really was one of those moments where you kind of stop and think you do get a bit of a lump of in your throat on in a football match which doesn't happen too often so yeah it was it, it was such a brilliant touch from everyone involved there the officials the players um yeah hats off to them all for that that was a beautiful mm-hmm. tribute
4: Okay then, it is time now to quickly run to our first ad break of the evening and when we do return we're going to hear from Blues head coach Danny Cowley who not only talks about Tuesday night's stalemate with Plymouth Argyle but also previews the opponents for tomorrow's
1: clash at the Valley. Charlton certainly play with a different style and a different formation. We know that they have a real direct threat with Jaden Stockland. When Jaden plays they like to go into him very quickly and then get crosses in the box. On Tuesday night he didn't play and then they played with a real counter-attack threat and with a lot of pace in their team. So they have two different ways depending on the personnel available.
4: So join us again in just a few moments' time here on Express FM for the next part of tonight's show. You're listening to the Football Hour.
0: This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM.
4: Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, where I'm tonight joined alongside Sam Carter and Barry Clements to preview Pompey's trip to Charlton Athletic, as well as to go over the events of Tuesday's two-all draw with Plymouth Argyle at Fratton Park. And before the break, Barry, Barry we, we spoke about Lee Brown, his goal on Tuesday night, and the fact that he is currently Pompey's top goalscorer in the league this season with two strikes to his name. And just... It really goes to show how much Pompey are struggling in front of goal lately, doesn't it? Two goals on Tuesday night, fantastic for the Blues to actually get back on the score sheet and, and to do so numerous times as well. Of course, a goal last weekend against Cambridge United, but you know these goal, these goals, especially in midweek, both coming from defenders, it is solving one problem, yes, but are there still problems lying deep beneath that we, we still need to try to sort out the issues up front?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like the, you you can't hide from the fact that we've been pretty poor in front of the goal for the past few weeks. Um, I do think I do think you know when you look at Marquis, I think Tuesday night was probably his best performance of the season so far. Um, and you know if he would stretched that little bit more, then uh, then obviously we'd be talking about him getting off the mark again. So um, I do think I do think he was better. I do think the system suited him better. But again, just needs to just needs to find the back of the net because obviously he's not found it since I think Crew was the Last time, so yeah, clearly, clearly issues there. But I do think that uh, I do think it's still early days in the season. It's still a brand new team, with you know, mid- particularly in the midfield and creatively, we're we're very, 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 very new. So I think give it a couple of weeks, and we'll be we'll be banging them in for fun again.
4: Mm. Pompey taking that one goal advantage into the break in midweek at Thrassen Park, then Sam. But just three minutes after the restart, it was Ryan Hardy uh, all bandaged up in his uh, fantastic green headband. Um, rounding, the, no, this was a chip over Gavin Bazuna. this one, wasn't it? The first goal for, for Plymouth Argyle on Tuesday night on the counter-attack, something which we're quite disappointed by.
5: Yeah, um, I think we were playing a very, very high line. Um, it was obviously, I think, from a corner the first one, I believe, or, or at least an attacking set piece. So, obviously, you're going to have a high line. But um, and the second one was almost the exact same scenario. Um, it, it, it's, it, it. You kind of do have to put it down to one of those things, maybe with those two. Two in one game is obviously a bit of a worry. Um, especially the the second one someone has experienced as williams doing what he did and and trying to chase that ball instead of covering is is worrying um but yeah like i said it it might just have to go down as one of those things um i don't i'd I'd like to say that maybe it's not a cause for concern and, and, and having them happen in this early in the season might actually be a blessing in disguise, and and help us to eradicate that from future games. So it's not the best thing, and it probably maybe did spoil our chances of potentially getting a win. Um, but oh, let's let's be optimistic and say that that that's just that's just. Tuesday, and that's just
4: what happened then. Gavin Bazunu with another fantastic double save to to keep Pompey in the game, but it wasn't for too much longer, Barry, because Plymouth actually took the lead on the 80th minute, and it was another counter attack, and, and this time Ryan Hardy did round Gavin Bazunu and, and put the ball back in, in into the back of the net. It's it's another counter attack, and it's another lapse in concentration at the back for Pompey, and it's it's a defence that the the Blues and Danny Cowley have so much praised upon at the start of this season zero goals conceded in what the first four matches in the league, suddenly we just seem to be conceding goals for fun
2: yeah, I think a lot of that can be put down to the fact that Clark Robertson's out, and I think it's it's a huge shame that it appears to be a long-term injury because he's just a massive player for us. Not only is he our captain and obviously uh, the leader of that defence, he's also uh, a very very good defender as well. So um, we do miss him, and it, it's like Sam said, you know, the 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 fact that the same the same error essentially happened twice is is concerning, but. Again, I think that's why I think that's why we've changed formation. I think moving forward, if we can, if we persist with it, I do think we'll get defensively stronger. Um, but yeah, I think we're all wishing Clark Robertson a very very speedy recovery because I think he's going to be absolutely massive for us in that defence.
3: Yeah.
4: Definitely. We're all wishing uh, Clark Robertson a very speedy recovery and indeed. An update from Danny Cowley as per our colleague from BBC Radio Solent and our Pompey Live commentator Andy Moon on Twitter uh, yesterday at the press conference at Fratton Park tweeting Pompey head coach Danny Cowley says Clark Robertson likely to be out for uh, longer rather than shorter period but he hopes he'll be back before Christmas. Connor Ogilvie is a doubt for Saturday and we'll come on to preview tomorrow's trip to Charlton in just a few moments time Sam but in, in terms of the Clark Robertson injury as you know Barry mentions there we knew about it before the Plymouth game of course but Danny Cowley hopeful but it's going to be before Christmas but still two three months away now.
5: Yeah that is still a long time away. Um, obviously this year has gone very quickly but not quick enough in terms of that um, I mean We've obviously got Ogilvy to come back, which is a good left-sided player there and more accustomed to playing centre-half than maybe Williams is. Um, so that will be a big benefit as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like we've been saying already, um, Robertson is, is the big, big miss. He had a very, very good start to the season, uh, looked a very commanding centre-half and he will be a big miss.
4: Got an email in from uh, Stephen Jerome who says, Hi lads, I thought the performance on Tuesday night against Plymouth was a lot better than Saturday. We looked more up through it right from the first whistle and we were passing the ball a lot better as well. Even when we went behind, the team just kept going and pushing for the equaliser and in the end got the reward for our perseverance. But I think the highlight of the night for me has to be the minutes applause in the 10th minute for Sophie Farrell, who sadly lost her battle with cancer last weekend. I just want to say a massive well done to everybody in the stadium for such a wonderful and touching tribute to the girl. And well done to the referee for delaying the goal kick for the tributes as well. A very special moment, I'm sure you'll agree, Steve and Southie. yeah, totally agree, Steve certainly the highlight of the evening uh, on Tuesday night at Fratton Park and don't forget Pompey fans back home listening in, uh, you can get involved with the show this evening wherever you are Put express at the start of your messages uh, send those to 81400 include your messages and your name in those of course, Pompey at expressfm.com is where to email us, you can include at expressfm on Twitter or you can find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey live and we spoke about the equaliser uh, a little bit earlier on in the show. Sam, Sean Raggett, the kind of unlikely hero for Pompey in the 95th minute. But, you know, Pompey struggling for goals, struggling for points. <laughs> really, mm. that was the first point Pompey had picked up in exactly a month on Tuesday night. Anyone will do. Anyone will do at all.
5: I think. And what scenes as well? Well, exactly like you say, what scenes, because I think that's definitely the best way to get a draw isn't it really um a last minute equalizer okay it means you're in a losing position for a bit before but you it, it shows that you've you've had that fight up until the final whistle and you it, it gives a big morale boost everyone's everyone gets that adrenaline rush and, and hopefully that can carry on into training this week they, they can take positives from it and then it'll lead to a good performance on saturday is the way you want to draw
4: Uh, One of the other disappointing things about Tuesday night, Barry, was Ronan Curtis, uh, a yellow card for him, and that's now his fourth of the season already. We're only mid-September, and to avoid a suspension, he's not allowed to get booked in the next 11 league matches. That is a long time to go without a yellow card, and you can't help but feel at some point in the next couple of weeks, Barry, that he's going to pick up that yellow card, and we're going to miss Ronan Curtis for a game.
2: Absolutely, yeah. But we always knew he was that type of player. You know, he's he's very feisty. Gets in, gets in other players' faces. Gets in the referees' face occasionally. Um, it is part and parcel of his game, unfortunately. And he is one of those players. I think that you know, when he when he's playing angry, quite often he does tend to play better. So um, you know, you've only got to look at uh, his goal against Cambridge and the and the celebration afterwards. So. Um, I, it's inevitable he will be suspended at some point, and I don't think it'll be the first time that he's suspended for us um, this season. But I do think the uh, the pros outweigh the cons on that front, and I think he is he is the type of player that he weighs. Well, he's crucial for us moving forward, regardless of uh, regardless of the number of yellow cards that he's picking up.
4: Yeah, and uh, we, we we talk about Lee Brown and his goal as well, Sam. But you know the, the formation as well that Pompey adopted on Tuesday night. Could you ever see Lee Brown playing as a wing back?
5: Um. We had we had a chat, didn't we, before the season started on 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 the Football Hour about whether we'd see Brown or Ugovu starting, and and I, I said then Brown's maybe not the best going forward, and maybe he heard that. And Lee, if you're listening, well, fair play, you've you've proved me wrong. Um, but no, he he I, he he is one of those players. He's he's done that overlapping run with Curtis so many times. We've we we know exactly what that is, and it's it's brilliant. And to see now that he. Can can finish those moves because I think it, the criticism I've always had of him was he'd get the ball back and would not score and in positions where you you'd say maybe he should be, but to see him scoring goals this season and and really playing really well going forward is 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 testament to him because we know that he's a good solid defender and by adding this to his game then. Really, we've we've we might have unearthed a bit of a gem.
4: Yeah. Okay, then let's move on now and preview Pompey's next challenge. Charlton Athletic will wait the Blues at the Valley this weekend, and to kickstart our look ahead to the game, here's Danny Carley with Ollie Marsh at the training ground
3: yesterday afternoon. Well, Danny, you did well to rescue a point on Tuesday night. Does that give you a good platform to go into on Saturday?
1: Absolutely. We're never going to celebrate drawing at Fratton Park. We're always going to want to win games, and we're actually pleased um, with how we played. Just felt that. probably probably just self-inflicted moments, really. And second half, off the back of a couple of individual mistakes... ..they kind of were almost infectious... ..and we had a bit of an erratic second-half performance. Some really good moments, but some difficult moments as well. So there's some learning to take place from now. And and the performance was far from perfect. But I thought the effort and the attitude and and the application was was excellent. And for my teams, that's always a good starting place... ..and it always gives you a platform in games. And, you know, I think with the amount of effort and energy... we put in the game a point was the least we deserved
3: Felt like a sweet moment when Sean Raggett scored at the end but perhaps a more important moment was in the 10th minute when the entire stadium paid tribute to young Sophie Farrell
1: yeah, absolutely. I can't remember a more emotional moment in a, in a game of football really. I've had the pleasure in, of meeting the family, of, of, of meeting Charlotte and Dad Gareth who's a, who's a big Portsmouth supporter. I know he's a season ticket holder um, and young Amelia and also Lucy, the older sister whose birthday it was on Tuesday and I, I I didn't have the words for them I wish I did have but I just was amazed at the strength of the family and um, we spoke for, for quite a, a long time pre-match and Charlotte just spoke with so much strength of the fact that she she wasn't willing for, for Sophie's life to go in vain, and they're going to work really really hard to try to create a legacy and, and raise some some much needed money for children's children cancer. You know, as a, as a country as a as a world, we raise a lot of money for cancer charities, and rightly and so, but not only a very small amount, maybe three or four percent, only goes to children's cancer charities. So they're going to do some fundraising activities, and we're definitely going to support them in that. And it was just great. That the people of Portsmouth could support the family in, in, in what is such a difficult moment, and yeah, it was it, it, it was certainly emotional, and I think fitting for what is a, a beautiful young girl. Both Charlotte and Gareth spoke so fondly of, of Sophie and how positive she was, even in the darkest moments. And listen, we, we all have to believe that she's now now in a better place. And um, yeah, our, our love goes to the family, and we're going to continue to support them through this period.
3: Yeah, well said. Looking at Charlton, what do you make of their start to the season?
1: I think they um, have a very experienced manager. I think they are a new group, probably recruited... Um, a lot of their players to the back end of the, of the transfer window as a consequence maybe didn't have that pre-season to be able to bed down their, their ideas and their principles and the way that they wanted to play. Sometimes when new players come in at the, the back end of a window that kind of changes things. Players come in with their own playing personalities and their own profiles and that just tweaks the way that they want to play and I think you know they now have a really good squad um, full of experience full of really good players and I have no doubt that they're gonna, they're gonna find some form, and and will be be a top team in this division. But at the moment, yeah, they are. Just trying to find a way. And looking at yourself, you obviously employed the, the new system on
3: Tuesday, is that what you're going to be
1: sticking with? Yeah, I think for us the, the, the formation changed on Tuesday the, the, the principles certainly didn't, I was really pleased with how we pressed the ball, I thought we pressed it with, with a huge amount of energy and intensity, I thought, led by Johnny Marquez and Ronan and also Marcus Harness, I thought they were terrific in terms of the energy that they got at the top end of the pitch and we forced Plymouth constantly to go long and then we were able to deal with the first and pick up the seconds and that gave us a good control in the in the game i think you know every opponent is different and Charlton certainly play with a different style and a different formation we know that they have a real direct threat with Jaden Stockley and when Jaden plays they like to go into him very quickly and then get crosses in the box. We also know on Tuesday night he didn't play and then they played with a real counter attack threat and with a lot of pace in their team so they have two different ways depending on the personnel available I think for us it's to make sure that we set up and, and find the best way for us to find a positive. As a result on Saturday,
3: yeah, because Cheltenham they do they do have a deep squad. Does that make them slightly more difficult to predict?
1: I think so. You know, I think you look at their squad on Tuesday, and they're obviously 18 travel to Gillian and of maybe seven or eight stay behind and trained, and we're talking about real senior players boys that have played in the Premier League so yeah they've got real depth to their squad and naturally when you're playing against teams with real depth there's a lot more analysis work to do um, but this is the nature of it and I think for us it's to prepare as best as we can and you know we take a lot of confidence and energy from the performance on Tuesday like I said it wasn't perfect but I liked a lot of the qualities I liked the energy and intensity and the aggression that we played with I liked the resilience and determination that we showed once we conceded second goal for we saw a real fight in the team and a real response supported so well by Fratton Park. I thought the supporters were amazing, the way they stayed with us and they drove the players' energy and we're a new group ourselves and sometimes you need moments like this like we had on Tuesday night to bring everybody together and to create that connection and you know, it was only a point and it won't really affect the win-loss-draw column um, and the league table but I do think that maybe in time that result will be worth much more than just the one point.
4: Head coach Danny Cowley there with his pre-match thoughts ahead of tomorrow's trip to South London, and of course within that interview as well, Barry reflecting upon, upon Tuesday's uh, two-all draw with Charlton. And you know we, we said we'll, we'll move on and preview tomorrow's game as well, but just really by the, the tone of, of Danny Cowley's voice within that interview, Barry, you could tell that he's somewhat more pleased um, you could you could say than in, in recent weeks by Pompey's performance on Tuesday night. Certainly not the end product but he's hoping for but there are definitely improvements going into the next three games.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, I really like listening to to Danny Cowley's interviews, both you know pre and post match. I think given the uh, given the ones that we had for the past three years, I think it's a breath of fresh air, and he's he's very honest about his assessments as well. But you can, yeah, you you said it yourself. You can hear he's he's clearly more pleased with with how Tuesday night went. Disappointed as we all are in the individual errors, but I think he, like a lot of us, can see that the performance itself was significantly better going into a tough run of fixtures.
4: Okay, then time for a final break now. When we return, the three of us are going to continue our look ahead to tomorrow's game against Charlton. And of course, we're relying on you back home to help us as well. We'd like to hear your score predictions and team lineups before seven o'clock this evening. You've got just under 20 minutes to get in touch with the show. Text EXPRESS and your message to 81400. Email pompey at expressfm.com. Tweet using at expressfm on Twitter or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey pompeylithe. The Football Hour returns for part three and the conclusion very shortly. Don't go anywhere.
0: This is the Football Hour, 93.7
4: Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Tomorrow afternoon, the Blues head into match day number nine of this League One season. And before I bring Sam Carter and Barry Clements back into the conversation, here's Conor Mosley with a closer look at the challenge that lies ahead for Pompey, Charlton Athletic.
6: The Blues picked up their first league point in a month on Tuesday night with a 2 2 draw against Plymouth Argyle. Up next, a trip to the capital and Charlton Athletic are the opponents. Pompey Live, this week's
0: opposition.
6: It's match day number nine in the league for Pompey this weekend, the Valley being the venue this time around. Here's a closer look at the opposition Charlton Athletic also known as the Addicts. Manager. Former Southampton, Reading and Hull City boss Nigel Adkins is in charge of the South London side. The 56-year-old former goalkeeper in his heyday has been at the helm of Charlton for just over six months, following his appointment on March the 18th of this year. Adkins' first taste of life in management came when he was a player coach at Bangor City in Wales between 1993 and 1996, winning back-to-back league championships in 94 and 95. He's since managed six clubs in the English Football League, including tomorrow's opponent, Charlton, with whom he's won seven out of a possible 20 competitive matches. One to watch. Forward man Connor Washington is expected to miss this fixture through injury, So our one to watch this time around goes to striker Elliot Lee who's currently on loan at the club from Championship outfit Luton Town. The 26-year-old West Ham United Academy graduate has featured on four occasions for Charlton this season, scoring just once. Lee has been causing problems to League One defences for a number of years now, but more recently last season, spending the back end of it on loan at Oxford United where he scored six goals in 18 league appearances. This weekend, if the doran striker is to feature, he'll be the man in red wearing the number seventeen shirt.
0: Top scorer
6: with just two goals to his name, former Blue striker Jaden Stockley is currently Charlton's leading scorer. The 28-year-old, who went out on loan nine times in seven years whilst at AFC Bournemouth, made his move to the Valley permanent on June the fifteenth, having spent the second half of last season on loan at the club from Preston North End. Stockley actually scored on his debut for the club in the same fixture last term, but it was Pompey who were victorious on that day by three goals to one. Overall, he's netted 10 times in 30 appearances for the Addicts. Charlton have started the campaign poorly by their standards, picking up just five points from their opening eight league fixtures. That return has left them in 21st place, and in the League One relegation places heading into this week's fixtures above only Doncaster, Shrewsbury and Crew Alexandra. The Addicts have won just one league game all season, that a 2-0 victory at home to fellow strugglers Crew. They're winless in the last three, being defeated back-to-back by Cheltenham and Wickham before being held to a 1-all draw at Gillingham on Tuesday night. Can Danny Cowley replicate that scoreline this weekend? Or will it be another week without maximum points for the Outer Form Blues? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Connor Mosley there with a
4: closer look at tomorrow's opponents, Charlton Athletic, who of course await at the Valley for match day number nine of this League One season. And uh, Barry Clements bringing you back into the conversation now with Pompey away to Charlton tomorrow. They've had a, a very bad start to the season. We recalled upon that earlier in the show, 21st in the table, just one victory in their last six games. Not an ideal start. And actually only one victory all season. Nonetheless, it's certainly not going to be one of those matches you expect Pompey to come away with all three points.
2: No, absolutely not. Charlton are far too good to be struggling for too much longer. Um, you know, they've got a really good blend of youth and experience uh, and a manager who at the end of the day has been promoted from this division three times. So, um, yeah, not not expecting an easy game tomorrow. I'm just hoping that their poor form continues long enough for us to for us to get three points before they inevitably kickstart their season. I think by the end of the season, they'll be in or around the playoffs for sure. Yeah.
4: Uh, Graham Wilkins on the email says, Hi, Jake, Kyle. I thought Tuesday night was like a stockport poll- Moment, And you never know, this might have been the catalyst for a pompy run of wins. Let's hope so. As for Curtis, as you've already said, his booking was silly and may come back to haunt him. Can't see him going 11 games without picking up another yellow card. If that is the case, maybe Jacobs could get a run out. As for Sophie, what a great moment that was. Brought a lump to my throat. Onto to the Charlton game. I'm going for another 2-2 draw, says Graham Wilkins on the emails. And looking back at previous results between Pompey and Charlton Sam, of course, referring back to February, uh, where Pompey travelled to the Valley uh, for the second time in three four days after that Saturday game was cooled off due to heavy rain. Uh, the pitch at the Valley couldn't withstand the, the water and Pompey had to go back in midweek. But you have got the 3-1 victory that actually was Jaden Stockley's uh, debut for the club and uh, he he got his debut goal as well but it wasn't enough and and Pompey came away with all three points something like that tomorrow would go a, a very long way into building the momentum and the kind of confidence that we need to actually start to get a run going now
5: yeah um Charlton's obviously going to be a tough place to go regardless of the form they're in at the moment um I mean, we score some crackers at the Valley in the in the past, so hopefully we can do a, do that again. Um, but yeah, um, look, I, I, would you look at that fixture and say you take a draw? I think you would. Obviously, it'd be nice to get back to winning ways, um, but I don't think you can look at Charlton's form and really say that and write them off and say that this is a bit of an easier game because you look at the table at the moment and. I think it's telling a few lies there will it look like that at the end of the season almost definitely not
4: I, I can't imagine Sam you're going to see Lincoln <laughs> in 18th Ipswich 20th Charlton 21st Doncaster and over. a lot of people writing them off because of the poor summer they've had and the off-field issues but 24th for them unlikely Wim- exactly. Wimbledon up Wimbledon in 7th MK 3rd I know they could be classed as underdogs this season I, I don't know Cheltenham 9th It is way too early in the season to to take the the table for granted, and and you've got to take it with a bit of a a pinch of salt. But, you know, in terms of of Pompey, Barry, coming up to these next three games, of of course, we've got Charlton tomorrow, Burton away on Tuesday night. Never an easy place to go, a long way to go, uh, particularly for a midweek fixture. And then you've got the big match against Sunderland next Saturday. Nine points up for grabs, and based upon recent form, you wouldn't be too surprised if Pompey came away with probably that like one, maybe two at, at most. But look, this would be typical Pompey fashion to go out and get three wins from three.
2: Oh, it's 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 got Pompey written all over it, hasn't it? But I think, you know, I think if we, if we manage to come away with three or four points, I'd be absolutely delighted. I think Sunderland this year are probably going to win the league. Um, as you say, Burton's a very, very tough place to go and Charlton are, as we've already said, too good to struggle for much longer. So a really, really big big group of fixtures for us here and could I know it's very early in the season but could certainly define what our ambitions are and and where we are as a as a team at the moment I think this is going to be a crucial week for us.
4: Mm. Alfredo on Twitter says the 3-5-2 system worked on Tuesday night it was just individual errors which was the downfall but Threeman and Williams are not centre-backs at the end of the day thankfully Ogilvy is back soon so we will have someone more natural on the left uh, of the three but Robertson being out for a while is a concern heading into tomorrow's game against Charlton then Sam and I know earlier in the show you were a little bit of a critic towards that 3-5-2 system but considering the result on Tuesday night considering Danny Cowley's post-match thoughts we heard there and his pre-match thoughts for tomorrow are you going to be too surprised if we, if we see the same sort of setup tomorrow no
5: um, I think we will come out with that system um, obviously I did criticise it earlier but I it, it, that's more of a case of we're not used to it maybe Um I think we're going to have to go forward with it because there there is potential for it to work. I think obviously we've seen that and we've talked about Lee Brown and going forward and how maybe he could be a revelation in that position. We know and we've seen in the brief stints at the moment um, so far that Ro- Romeo is is quite good going forward um to say the least. So I think re- really once we've got that gelling, we've, we, we're a bit more used to it. The players have have worked that system a bit more than I'm. I'm happy to change my mind on it. So yeah, I think I, I really I I think we will line up with that tomorrow.
4: In terms of Pompey's forward options tomorrow, then Barry, of course, two goals scored on Tuesday night. We re- referred earlier to the fact that both goals were actually scored by defenders. Simple question: John Marquis or Ellis Harrison or both?
2: Um, or neither I mean, both. you've got George Hurst both. and Gassana Hadmi, of course both would be both would be interesting I think we, we've got options it's just that none of them seem to be in form at the moment um, personally I'd, I'd go with John Marquis I do think that you know he is he is still regardless of his form I think he is one of those players that could score you a goal at any moment um, and I do think Tuesday night he was very very good it was just just literally a goal that he was missing. So, personally, I would I would continue with Marquis, but to be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if 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 any of those four that you mentioned there started because I, I, you can't exactly call any of them in form at the moment. So, maybe they'll try and change it up.
4: Do you agree, Sam? Did, did John Marquis have a, a much improved
5: performance on Tuesday night? Does he deserve to keep his place tomorrow? Um, I don't think so. If I'm honest, I I I I'm losing my patience a bit with him. Um, Barry did say he's one of those strikers that can score at any minute and I'm not disagreeing with you Barry but how long can we keep saying that uh, especially this season I got I got very frustrated with him towards the end of last season I think uh, it, I can't really say that I'd have more faith in any of the others but we haven't really seen much of her still or had me yet maybe we could give them a run out but uh, look, I think Marcus has got that quality I'm not denying it he's clearly shown it with Doncaster but it's been a while now where we we haven't really and we we well we just haven't seen him live up to that standard that he's set and and when we've spent the money we spent on him, relatively speaking, is a very, very large sum for a club at this level. You have to expect a return and when you do look at that, can you say we've had that return? I'd I'd say no. no. So, um I don't know, I think I I really, yeah, I'm going to leave that one up to the Cowleys because I I don't know who to pick tomorrow. That's fair enough. (laughs) Um, That's probably a reason why the Cowleys get paid to do that. Yeah, exactly.
4: Uh, And why are we uh, just the people behind the mic? I'll I'll stick to football manager. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Charlton, though, Barry, and Pompey have got goal scoring problems of their own when it comes to players in attacking positions. But Charlton themselves, they score seven goals like Pompey have this season, of course, much lower down on the table. But in terms of who's actually scoring those goals, their top goal scorer this season is Jaden Stockley with two uh, strikes to his name. That's the same amount as Lee Brown. Um, so <laughs> rubbish, really, isn't it? But um, on Tuesday night, Barry Jaden Stockley he, he didn't start. Connor Washington started, but he actually finished the game on crutches at Gillingham. So probably not going to feature tomorrow. Jaden Stockley coming in does, it, does this worry you, given his well, a his history with Pompey and against Pompey? And, and be given his current form, if you can call it that.
2: Um, it, he doesn't worry me, to be honest. I think, I mean, it is it's, it's Pompey all over to have a former player score against us, but he doesn't worry me. I don't think any of the any of the Charlton strikers particularly worry me, particularly given their current form. But look, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? it it's set up for for Jaden to score, um, but hopefully, hopefully, it's the same as last season, and it's uh, it's a pointless goal in a in a three one victory for Pompey.
4: Uh, we've got some text tweets and emails to get through before we do leave you in just a few moments' time, Pompey fans. Uh, thank you to everyone who did get in touch tonight, by the way. Uh, keep getting those uh, socials in for the game tomorrow as well. Uh, hi, Jake away, Smith. I, can, I know who this is from already. Mike Dean, Crispy Bacon, Sarnie. Salcy. Uh, we were all praying for goals against the Pilgrims and we got them. A couple scored by two of our defenders. I bet you were cheering loudly from your sickbed and no doubt uh, all of the nurses running for cover when Sean Raggett headed in his crucial equaliser, Mike T in crispy bacon sarni salsa yeah Um, the cat was uh, quite surprised when I woke her up from her deep sleep when uh, we we got that equaliser Mike but thank you for getting in touch tonight hopefully we'll get the same sort of scenes tomorrow but hopefully a winner instead of of an equaliser of course Stefan Mazelitsky on Twitter how absolutely amazing was that not only did Danny Cowley remember and was able to recite each name of poor Sophie's family but also the heartfelt sadness he was able to express Pompey is so lucky to have him. before with Stefan on Twitter totally agree with you there Stefan and one more here from John uh, in Hilsey. Hi guys for worrying stats for me uh, on Tuesday is that we had over 60% possession but only four shots on target. Plymouth had much less of a ball but eight shots on target. Uh, our build up play is too slow not enough end product because two goals from four shots on target is a good ratio at this level. We need to get more end product or it's going to be a very very poor season. OK we have reached the end of the show Sam carter very quickly my friend a score prediction i'm gonna go with a 1-0 draw a 1-0 draw says sam barry clements over the phone what are you going for
2: uh 1-0 win for pompey let's be
4: optimistic a 1-0 win for pompey lads thank you very much sam thank you for coming on to the show tonight have a great weekend thanks jake and to you of course barry as well have a great weekend i'm sure we'll hear from you soon we'll get you in the studio too
2: (laughs) sounds good to me have a good weekend guys
4: (laughs) and for the record i'm actually gonna go for a 2-1 pompey win back to winning ways for the blues tomorrow why not we're gonna do it we're going to do it. Keep the faith, as Roger in gospel would say. And that is a match you can hear right here on Express FM. Pompey Live returns from 2 p.m. tomorrow afternoon, live from Central
0: London. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. found a way yet again. This is you not believe it. Pompey Live.
6: Sean Raggett tapped home a 95th-minute equaliser at home to Plymouth Argyle on Tuesday. And it's a good cross to the far post. Loose in the net. Equaliser. Can the Blues steal three points from Charlton on Saturday afternoon? Join us from 2pm. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. You
4: can join myself and Henry Deacon. We'll be live from the Valley with full three-match build-up of Pompey's trip to Charlton Athletic. Match day number nine of this League One season. Just myself and Henners for tomorrow's game. Liam and Ryan are otherwise occupied, so you've not got them I'm the thread. Just myself and Henry. Okay, coming up this evening on Express FM, Connor just heard there in the preview of tomorrow's game is back this evening after the 7 o'clock news with Express Floor Fillers you are invited as the VIP to Portsmouth's biggest party of the Friday night and Connor's playing just great floor fillers all night long and then from 11 through until 2am tomorrow Express Floor Fillers in mix with DJ Turner James he's got nothing but the great floor fillers all the way through the night into the early hours of Saturday morning. You can revisit tonight's football hour here on Express FM if you're up between 4 and 5am tomorrow. We're replaying it so if you're up early, why not take a listen back to it. If not, you can visit our website expressfm.com and you can listen back to it as a podcast via Apple and Google Podcast too. Ian McGuinness is back from 8 o'clock tomorrow with Saturday Breakfast. Lily Park is returning uh, with the uh, Guilty Pleasures, a tiny quiz, great music of course and the latest on the travel sport and news updates too and then of course myself and henna's are back with pompey live from two o'clock pompey away to charlton in league one until then pompey fans have a great evening stay safe and good night